Thank you, worship team. Again, I want to thank Pastor Harold Marsha for being here today. So much appreciate you. You mean so much to this church family. Thank you. I'm going to read from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, there's, this, there's no one like you. There's no one like you. You came as a servant. You washed our feet. You walked among us and lived among us. You calmed the storm, the waves. You healed the sick. And most of all, Lord, you forgave sinners. We come this morning on a, on a snowy, icy morning, and those worshiping at home, Lord, because you are the hope of this world. You did it in such a way that no one else would have done it, with meekness, and yet with power and authority, and we, pl- we praise your name. We are humbled together before you today as your body, as your people. We ask you, fill this place with your presence, and speak the words, your words, through Pastor Harold this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, church. Those of you who are here, and those of you who are out on the electronic superhighway, good to have you here. What a privilege it is for me to be here. I am trusting that Pastor Matthew is having fun with his family, enjoying that. Um, I'm trusting that Pastor George is getting better, and uh, that gives me the privilege to be here. Share with you and to... Uh, Expound the Word of God. That's, uh, that's my great joy. Let me ask you a question. How many of you like musicals? Um, I don't see many men's hands up. <laughs> musicals are those things that your wife drag, drags you to, right? Because you've got to see this. <laughs> um, I love musicals, and uh, 
There are lots of famous ones. Uh, the Lion King is a musical. The Phantom of the Opera, you've probably heard of that one. West Side Story, the musical. The Wizard of Oz, it's a musical. The Sound of Music, Les Miserables, I love that one. Annie, The Newsies, lots of them. Hopefully you're familiar with one of those or not. But I want to suggest to us this morning that Revelation 5 is a musical drama. It's a musical drama in three parts. And we're going to look at it this morning as a musical drama. And I'm trusting that God will challenge our hearts with it. To consider this historical drama, but also consider what it means to us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your word. Thank you for preserving it down through the ages. Thank you for giving, us, giving it to us not only in our heart language, but also in many translations. Ways that we can connect with your truth and connect with the truth that you want to challenge us with. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will speak to us Help me not to mess it up. And I pray, God, that uh, you will speak. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a confession to make this morning. Number one, I, well, that means there's more one confessions, right? I'm only giving one to you. <laughs> that is that I totally forgot that as a church you had changed Bibles, <laughs> that you are now using the Christian, Christian Standard Bible, right? The CSB. So I'm going to be preaching from the new, for the English Standard Bible, because I thought that's what you were using. And uh, so it'll be a little different in places, but uh, basically it's the same. And I trust that uh, it'll speak to us. Will you turn? To Revelation chapter 5. And I'm not Matthew, so I don't have a, a, a notebook, a, what do you call it? Tablet. See, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> I have this. <laughs> That's my tablet. But uh, I trust we'll get the message anyway. Part 1, verses 1 through 8, of this musical drama that I have called Heaven is Driven to Song. Heaven is Driven to Song. Verses 1 through 8 is my title, at least, John's Distress. John's Distress. Little background information on John and what's going on here in Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 through 10, we read, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient 
endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. So we find John on the island of Patmos, Patmos arrested and imprisoned there because of his faith in Jesus Christ, because of his commitment to the word of God, because of his commitment to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so there he is arrested by the Roman government and thrown in prison on the island of Patmos. If you go to the island of Patmos today, you'll find a, a, an island that is quite built up. There are lots of buildings and lots of things there, lots of businesses, lots of roads, but in John's day, it was just a prison island. It was just a prison island. And most of the prisoners were kept in caves. Those, those were the prisons. And uh, so it was not a fun place to be. And uh, John is there, and on the Lord's Day, or depending on how you translate it, concerning the day of the Lord, he is praying there. He's desiring to know what's ahead. He's in prison. Christians are being arrested. Christians are being killed. What's ahead? What's coming, Lord? And so in chapter 4, well, then he hears a trumpet. And this incredible, incredible vision of God on his throne with all kinds of colors that uh, don't even begin to describe what he sees. There just aren't words to describe it. That's kind of what he says. But in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, we read, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. So when we come to chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, that's where we are. John has heard this voice, and the voice has said, Come up here, I want to show you what's coming. And all of a sudden, we read, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly. You know, well, there's not supposed to be any tears in heaven. This is uh, a vision that John is having, and this is his response to it. He is weeping loudly. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, keep in mind, God has said, come up here, or an angel or somebody said, come up here and I will show you what's ahead. And now he sees on the throne someone with 
a scroll written on the inside and the outside. Ah, oh, the map, <laughs> the treasure map, the recording of what's ahead, the recording of the coming history. But nobody can open it. No, there's nobody worthy to open it. How are we going to know what's coming? And the voice says, don't, don't weep anymore. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's a title for Jesus. That's a title for Jesus. He is worthy. He is worthy to open the scroll and to lay it out so that we can know. Verse 6, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. Did you catch that? The lion of the tribe of Judah. But I looked and saw a lamb looking like it had been slain. Now, I don't know how a lamb looks like it's been slain. Throat cut, I don't know. Bullet, no, they didn't have bullets then. Uh, <laughs> the point is that he, it's obvious to John that this lamb who was called the lion of the tribe of Judah appears to have been slain, to have been killed with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And, then he, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls, bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. You're going to find out that in this musical drama, there's a lot of falling down. There's a lot of falling down. And here, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, who's been slain, comes and takes the scroll and begins to open it. And as he starts to open it, oh my goodness, the four living creatures, I can't describe them to you. All I know is that they're really high up in heaven. <laughs> they're angelic beings, but they're way up there on the ladder. <laughs> they're right up there, not equal to Jesus, but they're right up there in the, the hierarchy of the angels. And these four living creatures are there and they are falling down. And the 24 elders, 12 from the tribes of Judah, 12 apostles, <laughs> the 24 elders are there and they fall down. And now we come to part two. 
part two. The distress of John, because he has such an incredible desire to know what's happening, to know what's coming. Does that sound familiar? I don't know about you, but with stuff going on in our world, <laughs> I'd like a scroll. I'd like a I don't want handwriting on the wall, because that's always disastrous. But I'd like a scroll. And John wants to know what's coming, and now there is somebody worthy to open the scroll, and he begins to open the scroll, and they sang a new song. This is that point in the musical drama where the character bursts out in song. Only this is a whole bunch of them. And they burst out in song. I don't know what it's going to sound like. I have to tell you that uh, I don't know what heavenly music sounds like. For those of you that love hymns, I can tell you it's probably not like our hymns. But for those of you that like contemporary Christian music, I can tell you it's probably not like that. Because there was a while back there uh, at the Tower of something or other, <laughs> the Tower of Babel where all of our languages were changed and everything was changed and all of that, you know, and everything went kaput. And uh, we're going to have a new language, a heavenly language. We're going to have heavenly music. We're going to have a whole new way of expressing. But here is John. And not only has he been heartache, heartache, because he sees something that's impossible. But then it's not impossible. And the angels in heaven begin to sing a song. They burst out in song. What a song. What a song. Verses 5 through 9. You're going to see it up on the screen here, but it's in the ESV. It's in the CSV, and I'm reading from the ESV. And uh, so you might see a little bit different, but verses 9 and 10. And they sang a new song. The word new doesn't mean never been before. The word new there means fresh. It's fresh. This is something that is oh, like a breath of fresh air. Like a something that's reviving. Like on a hot day. A cold glass of ice water. I was going to say beer, but I figured I better not say that. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Anyway, a fresh song. And it begins with the word worthy. 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 In chapter 4, we saw the angels surrounding the throne and the Father on the throne. God, the Holy One, and they are surrounding the throne and they are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. For you created all things. But now, here is another song about someone else. The second person of the Godhead. 
the Lamb, Jesus. You are worthy. Uh, can I just take a little aside here? Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus is less than the Father. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus is less than the Father. Both of them are worthy. 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 Worthy are you, O Lord. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And that seems to be the big issue here. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb who, who you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Now, I don't know how to convey to us this morning the absolute air of electricity that was going through the crowd in heaven. You know, it's like the first time you hear a song that just moves you and just goes through you and just touches you and just, you know, makes you vibrate. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. These 24 elders and the four living creatures are singing this song that is just, whew, uh, you get your own word. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> it's just like electricity. And it's all about the lamb who was slain. The lamb who was slain. And let me just throw in there Jesus who was crucified. This is the Lamb. This is Jesus who was crucified. But he wasn't just crucified. He wasn't just dead. He wasn't just killed. He was killed and by his blood he accomplished something. He accomplished something absolutely, absolutely incredible. He ransomed us for God. You see, the problem is <laughs> that we are separated from God by our sin. And we don't just sin, we are sinners. As children of Adam, we have the sin gene. I don't know how to spell that. Sin gene? Um, it's not one word. <laughs> we have the bent towards sin. That's our sort of default position. But we're also sinners. <laughs> we also sin. We're sinners, and so we sin. And because of our sin, we are separated from the holy God in the heavens. And we are separated for eternity from him, headed for judgment and separation for eternity. But good news. 
the Lamb who was slain, redeemed us by His blood. His blood paid the price. His blood bought us. His blood returned us to relationship with the Father. <laughs> That'll make your knees weak. It did the people in heaven. They had to fall down. They had to fall down. It's like, do you comprehend what's taking place here? Do you comprehend what has happened? And he not only redeemed you, brought you back to the Father, but he made you. There's something that he did with us that we couldn't do for ourselves. He made us to be a kingdom. <laughs> we have a king and we belong. And we, and we belong. We belong. Do you get that? We belong. You can go to New York City and walk in the front door of Trump Towers. Of course, I realize that's off limits, but Marsh and I did that one time. and They quickly escorted us out the front door because <laughs> we didn't belong. <laughs> we didn't belong. I guess it was obvious. We were tourists. And number one, we weren't dressed in tuxes. <laughs> but you can't come in here. But guess what? Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In the Father's house, he has made us a kingdom with a king that is an eternal king, that is a royal king, that belongs as a king. He's not a despot. He is a king who loved us enough to send his son to be killed for us so that by his blood we can be returned to relationship with God and we can be given the title son of God, daughter of God. Now that's not on our own value that's not on our, on our own worth we don't bring anything to get that privilege it's because of what you can talk in church because of what Jesus what the blood the blood of Jesus Christ redeemed us purchased us brought us back to God and made us to be a kingdom and also, what else? Priests. Priests. From every tribe and nation and tongue and people and whatever category you want to throw up there. <laughs> Jesus says, those are just earthly categories. They, you know, it don't matter. I just came to bring you from all over the place and to bring you together and to be priests. Now, if you were Jewish, 
and you were a priest in the temple, you were a priest in a temple because you had the right learning, you had the right pedigree, you had the right money, you had you know, all the right things. But we don't have the right things. We, we don't have the right things. <laughs> we, we don't... We, I don't know about you, but my, my pedigree is a little sketchy in places. It's not my pedigree. It's his. It's his. And because of him, and because of his sacrifice, and because of his blood, I can serve God. I don't need a right degree. I don't need a right pedigree. I don't need the right amount of money. I don't need anything but a willing heart. Because Jesus already prepared me to be a priest or priestess to serve the living God. I think I just got to sit down. That's overwhelming. That is incredible. That just makes my knees weak, like I said. I'm about needing to fall down. But there's more. There's more. Because of his blood, we, we get to reign with him on the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a city office one time in a little, little town out in eastern Colorado. And um, most of the time I felt, even though it's a very little town, I felt totally unworthy. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I don't know beans about what I'm doing. I don't know beans about city government. I don't know beans about anything. I don't know beans. He has prepared us because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, because of God's acceptance of his sacrifice. He has prepared us to one day when he returns to reign on earth to be able to reign with him. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> yes, you do because it's a perfect kingdom and he rules with an iron fist and it's all going to be okay it's all going to be okay and it's just keeping track of stuff for the honor and glory of Jesus and when you get to that point a riot breaks out in heaven Everybody starts singing. You've got angels. You've got creatures. You've got uh, myriads of angels. I don't know what that word means. But it's a lot. Myriads of angels. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the four living creatures. Look at what they're doing. 
And they sang a new song. Saying worthy. No excuse me verse 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne. And the living creatures and the elders. The voice of many angels. Numbering myriads of myriads. And thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. To receive power and wealth. And wisdom and might. And honor and glory and blessing. I got to tell you. It just used to move me to go to the men's, um, my mind just went blank, uh, Coach McCarthy, um, promise keepers in the big stadium and hear all of those men start singing. Whew. Man, I can hardly stand it. It's like, wow, <laughs> this is incredible. And here you got all of these creatures singing, worthy is the Lamb to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Do you realize that those are all of the things the world tells us we ought to gather to ourselves? <laughs> but boy, when you understand who Jesus is and what he did, you go... Here it is, Lord. Here it is. You're worthy to receive all of those things that I wanted for me. Here it is. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. What else do you do? He is worthy. He is worthy. I He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. You've seen and heard the musical. <laughs> now comes the wrap-up. Worship team, will you come up? I, uh, I want to ask three questions in closing. The first one is this. Have you really understood what Jesus did for you? Have you really understood what Jesus did for you? Maybe you're here this morning and say, man, in the first place, I didn't even know I needed all those things done for me. And in the second place, I thought I could do all those things for me. I, I thought, you know, I could get it together and I could be made right with God. Well, that ain't true. You can't. No one can. And this morning may be the time that you need to say, Jesus, man, this is, this is new to me. This is new to me in a new way. 
just blows me away. I, I, I want to belong to you. <laughs> I, I want to I get those things that you did for me. I, I want to be part of that kingdom. I want to be made right with God. Then do it. Right there where you're sitting, just say, man, Jesus, I didn't know all this stuff about you, but man, now that... Now that I've heard this and now that I've seen it in this drama in heaven, I, I want it. I want you. And he'll say, let me check my book. I'm not sure if you... That's garbage. It's because of him and his worthiness. And the second question is this. Maybe it's a couple of questions. How often do you focus, think about, revel in what Jesus did for you? Well, I know we do when we come to church. We sing the songs, wonderful worship songs this morning. Woo, it's great. We sing them and we get moved and we got... You know, we raise our hands, some of us, and we say, thank you, Jesus, worthy are you. And then we get home and we get busy and we get under all of the uh, stuff. And it's another week before we're really moved, moved to say, Let me sing, a, sing you a song. Well, I wouldn't say that because I can't sing, but let me shout out to you. Let me bow down before you. Let me fall down before you. It's not just for Sunday. It's not just for Sunday. It's a lifestyle for the people of Jesus just as it is in heaven. As a matter of fact, if we don't get used to doing it here, we're going to feel, we're going to file out of place when we get to heaven. <laughs> What's going on here? But the third question is this. Heaven is telling, 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 I'll stop there, and telling the story. How about you and I? Are we telling and telling and telling the incredible story of Jesus who was slain and by his blood he purchased, he redeemed men for God from every tribe and nation and tongue. And, and my friend, you're not excluded. You, you know, whatever group you come from, you're not excluded. Are we telling it? Are we telling it? Are we telling it? Heaven says, man, get moved by it and tell it. Heavenly Father, move us again and again and again and again by the wonder of what your son Jesus did on our behalf.
that we couldn't do.